Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. You know that tomorrow is Memorial Day, and on Memorial Day we remember especially the matter of life in this world and those who have given up their own life that we might preserve ours. So you will go to cemeteries and plant flowers and leave stones and remember those who have died for your sake. And you will also remember what it's like to grow up in a country like ours, which is a country that lives by the law. And this is the greatest thing that we could hope for, the greatest gift that we could have on this earth. And so we remember not only spacious skies, but amber waves of grain, which, by the way, is Sioux Falls. And though we might not have Purple Mountain's majesties, you're all going to be singing about this in a short period of time and giving thanks for your life in America. And the Memorial Day will remind you of this. And then I want you to remember this, that the reason that we are here gathered today is so that I can tell you not about this world, but about the next world. That is, not the world of this earth, the world of flesh, but the world of the spirit. And when I speak to you about the world of the spirit, I understand how difficult this is. Goodness sakes, we just had a great lesson in the Trinity. And we have young, uh, a young boy who's already ready to come to Luther House and uh, be our next uh, pastor, who has now declared uh, what the Trinity is to you, and I don't have to go further on that particular matter. But I want you to remember that when it comes to what uh, is going to happen to you, here is where you have to listen to your Lord speak to you and what I am to give you today. And for that reason, we actually do learn what it means to have a God who gives himself not once, not twice, but three times to you. And when he gives himself in each and every time and place, we do not want him as he gives himself. When God first gave himself as the Father who created you and everything that was created, we did not want him there. And when he sent his son, even now to die on the cross, we did not want him there. And so for the third time, the Father sends the Holy Spirit. And here now we learn what it is to live in a kingdom of the Spirit. And for that, we now turn to the story of Nicodemus, which will help us understand what the Holy Spirit does, who the Holy Spirit is, and what, therefore, we are talking about when we are talking about the world of the Spirit. Since the world of the Spirit now is telling you something, as great as your life is now in this world and in America, this is not your heavenly home. This is not your permanent place. This is not where you belong. This is now the place that you are moving through. And as you are moving through, remember, you are a resident alien of this place, ready now to live in another place. And Christ now is teaching exactly how this is going to happen to you. So one night, Nicodemus came to Jesus after hearing about the mighty signs that Jesus had already performed in the city of Jerusalem in the temple. And Nicodemus came saying, 
you must be sent by God because no one would do such great things as you have shown in the signs that we have all been waiting for. A good Jew, especially one like Nicodemus, who is the greatest of the teachers of the Jews, as Jesus himself says, knows that you are looking for signs of the end of time because the signs of, end, of the end of time will tell you what is waiting in the future. Not what has happened in the past, not those that you have lost in the past, but where all of you are going in the future. And the future now is what this world is about. And Nicodemus knows that he is coming to Jesus Christ, hoping now that he has seen the signs of the end. But Jesus also knows something about Nicodemus. As Jesus had just said, just before our text today, at the end of the second chapter of John, Jesus had just cleaned out the temple. Jesus had performed miracles that people thought were the sign of the end of times. And then it says, Jesus recognized in them that he could not trust himself to these people. It says specifically he could not trust himself to man because he knew what was inside man. Anthropoid. What is in the anthropoid. And there is something in the anthropoid that Jesus Christ knows he cannot trust. And he cannot place himself upon them so that, in, uh, in, that his life belongs to them. And so when Nicodemus comes that night, Jesus knows what is already in the man. And what is in this man? What is inside Nicodemus? Nicodemus is a teacher. He's a great man who knows much. He is waiting for the signs of the end. He is anticipating what it is going to be like in heaven. And he is now coming to Jesus with a question, how do you get into heaven? And that's what I'm here to tell you about. That's why you bother coming to this place to hear how you get into heaven. And if you're not interested in that, then we have to wake you up a little bit. Since Nicodemus now recognizes that this is not the place, this is not his eternal home. He is not counting down the hours and hoping that he has just a little bit longer to stay in this world. He is waiting and anticipating and getting himself ready for the next world. And he thinks he knows the answer to the question, how does one get into heaven? And this is what Jesus knows is in the human being. And what is in the human being now is what Luther refers to simply as the law. The law is in the human being and even in the heart in such a way that Nicodemus assumes that the thing that will get him into heaven is Moses. That's how I'm going to get into heaven. And Moses is none other than the Ten Commandments. And he is a teacher who knows them backward and forward. He can recite them over and over again. And not only can he recite them, but he actually thinks something else about these Ten Commandments and that is that if anybody has done them, I, Nicodemus, have done them. And if this is the way into heaven, then I am more likely than anyone else to enter in there. And all he wants from Jesus is one more sign. 
Jesus, I want one more sign, which is recognition of me. Let me stand before you, Jesus, the one who comes from heaven, and I want you to recognize me. I want you to identify me and tell me that I'm right about myself, that according to Moses and according to the law, I am going into heaven. And Jesus says, let me tell you something, Nicodemus. No one goes into the kingdom of God unless he is born anew. Nicodemus says, what kind of strange talk is this? Born anew is not recognizing me for who I am. It does not recognize what I have accomplished and done. It does not reward me according to the law, and it is not telling me what I want to hear. Instead, Jesus says, no one goes into the kingdom, no one enters heaven unless he is born anew. Ah, Nicodemus says, how does that happen? And of course, this is the great question every teacher poses. How does, how does one do this so that he is born again? And so Nicodemus is going around in his mind. Since I was born by my mother the first time, maybe I have to enter my mother again the second time. And now, of course, he is learning the difference between the spirit and the flesh. And Jesus says, well, of course not. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anything that you are doing. When you say, how does one do this? The answer is, you do not do it. Well then, how does this happen? How is this going to happen for anyone to enter into heaven? Because Jesus ends his conversation with Nicodemus on this very harsh note. There is not a single person who has ascended into heaven. How do you like that? Except the one who has descended, who has actually come to you. And when he comes to you, he is now going to say something to you. And you are to listen to him. And what is he saying? He says, unless you are born again, that is, of the spirit and water. Spirit and water? Spirit was bad enough. Now you've got water mixed up into this whole matter. And now what am I supposed to do? Now Nicodemus says, this is strange talk. Is he giving me allegories? Is he giving me analogies? Is he giving me illustrations that I'm somehow to unpack and then figure out what the riddle is so that I can reply and answer and do what he's commanding? And Jesus says, no. Unless you are born of water and the Spirit, you will not be born again. Then Jesus makes this even worse. He says, you know the Spirit. The Spirit blows wherever it will. Well, what is Nicodemus supposed to do with that? The Spirit blows wherever it will. And I do not know where it comes from, and I do not know where it's going. And then all of a sudden, one day, it blows right to me. What am I supposed to make of that? Nicodemus says, how am I supposed to make a life out of that? What am I to do with something like that? Spirit and water and born again and the Holy Spirit blowing wherever it will. What am I supposed to do? Just sit here and wait for the Spirit to blow my way? And of course, Jesus says, 
finally. <laughs> now you're getting a little warmer. But here's the matter. All of us seek to take one thing or another in this. Born again. Born of water and the Spirit. The Spirit blows where it will and turn it into a how that I can perform and do. And Jesus says, but that is not who the Holy Spirit is. And that is not what the Holy Spirit is doing. Your life is not in this world. Your life is in the new world that is coming. Your life now is flesh. It is old, as Nicodemus says. And I know what this is like now. I'm an old man, and an old man now says, well, what am I supposed to do after all I've done in my whole life according to the law? Just lay the law aside now? Is that what I'm supposed to do after I have done all of these things and set it aside and wait for the Holy Spirit? And Jesus says, of course, the Holy Spirit blows where it will, and now you want to figure out where the Holy Spirit is blowing. Where does the Holy Spirit will to blow? Well, right into baptism, which is water and the Spirit. And what is baptism, after all? Nicodemus looks at it, uh, 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 all agog. What, how, what am I supposed to make of this? It says in our uh, English translation, he marveled. Well, this means he's completely bamboozled. He has absolutely no idea what Jesus Christ is talking about. And Jesus now is laying out for him what baptism is. Because baptism is the Holy Spirit blowing to you. And when the Holy Spirit blows to you, the Holy Spirit is going to do with you what it will. And what does it will? It wills to give you a promise, not a command. And the promise in baptism gives you what otherwise you do not know and could not understand the name of the only Son of God. And Jesus says, unless you have this name, how will you ever get into heaven? As the great promise from Joel puts it, Joel chapter 2, the one who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, shall enter into heaven. But Paul says in Romans 10, how will you know that name? How will you ever say it unless someone comes and gives it to you? And how will they come and give it to you unless the Holy Spirit has sent that one? Oh, how beautiful are the feet of those who come across the mountains and come down and bestow upon you a particular promise. And what do you suppose that promise of water and spirit says? It says this. I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is your way to heaven. This is the entrance into heaven. And this life never dies. This life does not end. This is not a life in which you are constantly timing everything and trying to complete whatever it is that you need to do from your bucket list before finally you leave this world. Instead now, you live according to this promise. And I tell you right now, I have water. I have the word the Holy Spirit gives. If any of you need baptism, I'll give it to you right here. And this is the entrance into heaven. 
But for those of you who have already been baptized, not only do you remember this, but you use the promise. And you use the promise day in and day out to say, dear Lord, how do I know how to get into heaven? And our Lord says, by water and the Spirit. And how do I get this water and the Spirit? It has been bestowed upon you in baptism. And when you know this, you now have the promise of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the only name of the Son of God. And listen to this final word. What does Jesus do with his disciples after Nicodemus goes home mystified, uh, completely bamboozled? One verse that I dearly love, it's verse 22, it's outside of our text today, but you need to hear it. After this, Jesus and his disciples went into the Judean countryside. Nobody should have to live in a city the rest of their life. I mean, goodness sakes, uh, you have to get out into the countryside. This is the way heaven is going to be. Then out in the countryside, what are they doing out in the countryside? And he remained there with them, and he was baptizing. 